Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about a big start for the lacrosse team and huge news from the basketball program. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is Syracuse lacrosse goalie Bobby Wardwell. Bobby, thanks so much for coming on the program today. Thank you. Uh, Bobby, I want to get you started on this one. You know, the last time Syracuse and Duke faced each other in the regular season, you guys lost 21-7, and on Sunday you won 19-7. It must feel good getting some payback against those guys. Yeah, you know, um, Duke is a great program, and um, they're a very good lacrosse team. And uh, to come out in the Dome and, um, you know, play them like we did, I thought we did a terrific job, and uh, just a great feeling to get that win on Sunday. Now, for you, it, it, it's been a great season for you. You know, I, I don't think anyone's going to debate that. You have a 7.23 goals against average this year. You know, last year you were over 10. What's been the biggest difference for you in last season to this season? Um, you know, I think that our defense has really come together, and um, we're really playing a, a unit right now. You know, the short stick D middies are doing a great job. Uh, Tom Graham and Mike Messina, Joe Gillis. Um, and then our long poles, you know, Pete McCartney and Scott Furman are doing an awesome job up top. And, uh, I think our close guys are also doing an awesome job. I think that's a big, uh, big difference from last year. Just the number of shots that I'm seeing is decreased. And I think part of that has to do with you know the offense getting more possession time as a result of Ben Williams. Do you think that's kind of contributed to your success as well? Yeah, definitely. And um, you know when Ben's winning so many faceoffs on defense, we can relax a little bit and know that you know we're not going to be the only way that the team's going to be able to get a possession. We don't have it in our heads that we like, absolutely need to make a stop every time. We would like to, but we can play a little bit more loose um, with a little more confidence, I think, uh, knowing that Ben's going to be able to win so many face-offs. You know, last year you were in a, a timeshare role, and this, this year you're in the full-time starter role. I know you've been asked this question a lot of the adjustment, but has, what's that been like to, to go from you know, playing a half to now being in the whole game and not really needing to worry about when you're coming in or out? Oh, you know, it, it's it's kind of nice. Um, I mean, I didn't mind it at all last year, you know, playing just a half. But, but um, and it was a little bit of adjustment this year, you know, you're playing double what you usually do for every game. Um, but it kind of allows you to get into a little bit more of a rhythm. And, um, you know, last year it was just coming in the second half, no matter what, on how, you know, kind of the beginning of the game was going. And um, it was just a little bit of an adjustment to make. Um, you know, this year, though, I've, I've enjoyed playing the full game. Now, as a goalie, you know, during the course of your career, you've had an opportunity to see adjustments in the shot clock rule. So I'm wondering 
you know, what that's like as a goalie. Does that make your job easier or harder, or is it just different? Um, you know, it's overall, just um, it's kind of different. Um, you know, I mean, with the addition of the shot clock, it uh, it speeds up the game a little bit. But also, uh, this year we haven't had too many uh, too many shot clock violations um, when we're on defense. So when the other team has the ball. Um, but, I mean, it's just kind of nice because you know that a shot's going to be coming pretty soon or you're going to get the ball back. You know, one of the nice things about watching this year's team, and I know that you guys have to feel it too, is I think growing up and watching this, the great Syracuse teams of the 90s and, and the 2000s and the way they won games, they were just they were so dominant. And I feel like looking at this team this year, it's, it's a throwback to that. And you guys have been you know, every bit as good as advertised. Has it, this team really looks like it's a team on a mission this year, and it's paying great respect to the teams of the past. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, um, you know, it's been, I think, six years now without, uh, without lacrosse having a championship. And, um, you know, I think the seniors on this team are uh, very, very good leaders, and I think everyone really has that drive to get to the national championship in, uh, in May. All right, Bobby, we'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, big game. I guess they're all big games, but another big game this weekend at South Bend against Notre Dame. What are the keys for that game for you guys to come out with a win? Oh, you know, we just got to really know who their personnel are. They have very good defense, and, um, you know, they have also one of the best offenses in the country. Uh, we need to know their players. You know, Matt Cavanaugh is a great attackman, so that's going to be a good matchup for uh, Brandon Mullins. Um, but we just really need to come out and uh, know who they are and know their personnel. And, um, have a good strategy against uh, against their offense. Bobby, thanks so much for coming on the program. Check out Bobby and the Syracuse lacrosse team when they take on Notre Dame on Saturday on ESPNU. Bobby, thanks again. Good luck the rest of the season. We'll talk with you soon. Thank you very much. Great stuff from Bobby Wardwell, and great to see Syracuse at number one and 7-0 on the season. I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online editor-in-chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I'm doing well, Wes, hoping and waiting for lacrosse-like weather here in the Northeast. Bring on the warm weather already. <laughs> Brad, another historic week for Syracuse Athletics, with Darrell Gross being demoted from his athletic, athletic director position, replaced by Pete Sala, and then Jim Beheim lashing out at the NCAA and announcing his retirement window at three years. Let's start with Gross. It seems like there was no choice but to get rid of him. I, I agree with that, Wes. Uh, when you have a new chancellor coming into an administration, they, they, they like to have people that they're familiar with or maybe have a similar managerial style like their own. And I sense from the beginning of Chancellor Severud's uh, tenure at Syracuse, there was a little bit of oil and vinegar in terms of his relationship with Daryl Gross and running the athletic department. And then once the uh, NCAA released the investigation findings and leveled its penalties, there was just no choice but to start scratch and make a clean change. And let's move on to the second half of that because, Brad, you've been covering Syracuse athletics for, for five decades now, and Jim Beheim has been the one constant. What was your takeaway from him announcing that he's going to make that retirement move in three years? Well, I think it was great for the program, for Syracuse fans. Let's finally have some sort of timetable. Uh, we've been guessing, what, for the last three or four years? <laughs> people were saying he would leave after the 2013 Final Four. People never really thought if he'd make it to the ACC. So it's relief. You want to have the timetable in line. You want to be able to tell the recruits what's going on and have a clear conscience about that time schedule. So I, I think it's just a positive that we at least have something to work off a time frame so we can know what the future of the Syracuse basketball program is going to look like from a coaching standpoint and what the recruiting uh, 
uh, it's going to be like for the people that they're going after in the classes down the road. Do you see a scenario where he doesn't make it to three years, or do you see an alternative scenario where he stays beyond the three years, or do you really think he's going to stick to that timeline, knowing his knowing how I'm going to do? say right now, it'll probably be a future watch story on the Juice uh, online website, <laughs> uh, is that September of 2016, I think you're going to see an announcement after the Olympic Games in 16, similar to what Dean Smith did when he left North Carolina. So everything is set with a small time frame before the next season gets underway, so the university would have no choice to place Mike Hopkins in that job. That's just a gut feeling. I just sensed it from the press conference in which he originally announced his intention to stay three years. And that's been the key word, Wes, in all of this, intent. So whenever you hear that's the intention of somebody, it leaves a really wide, open, uh, wide opening to change those plans. Brad, let's close the loop on the story from last week because, you know, Jim Beheim had a press conference where he essentially lashed out at the NCAA investigation and he called it unduly harsh and he said that his side of the story was, quote-unquote, disregarded by enforcement staff. So what did you think of that whole press conference and where, where do you feel like we're going to go from here? No surprise. That was Jim Beheim being Jim Beheim. Uh, <laughs> he, he's loyal to a core. Everyone knows that towards the university and towards the people that he surrounds in his program. And he's the type of guy that will go point, counterpoint, uh, almost if you want to argue about, you know, who, who should pick up a check or if you're playing chess with him or whatever. He's just that competitive of type of person. So certainly no surprise that he was going to tell his side of the story. No surprise he was going to stand there for an hour and take any question that was thrown his way. And I think what's going to happen is he set everything up for the appeal process to which, you know, as he explained in that press conference, he didn't feel the NCAA was hearing everything he or the, uh, the athletic department was saying. So I think it all teed up for an appeal process. And I think it remains to be seen, Wes, exactly how the NCAA is going to feel about the university making an appeal. There's been a long-time rumor that when they appealed the 1992 sanctions, the NCAA was so unhappy that that season they played Syracuse in Worcester in the tournament where they drew Princeton in the first round in a very tough game and then, of course, ended up playing Massachusetts in virtually a home-court environment in Worcester. So I don't think it's going to make the NCAA happy, but it's an appeal process that I think is down the road. It is a historic time in Syracuse athletics, and we're living right through it right now. Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. Well, I know you were talking lax with Bobby Wardwell, but my closing thoughts are I really want to see how the Orangemen perform on the road now, really first road games coming up Saturday at Notre Dame, two weeks at North Carolina. That's what I'm really eager to see, to see if this team will certainly show it's number one in the nation. Brad, my closing thoughts are on Syracuse sophomore B.J. Johnson. He announced he was transferring to LaSalle earlier in the week. Johnson averaged just 4.1 points and 3.1 rebounds in 25 games. But I think I speak for all of Orange Nation when I wish him the best of luck. I hope he's successful uh, at that program. Great kid from Philly. I agree with you as well, Wes. That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that if I believed in fairy tales, I would have never dropped out of kindergarten. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV podcast network.